Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel, The Reluctant Messenger Unleashed, a virtual book club hosted by Donna Rebido. You can find links on my website at CandiceSanderson.com. Hello, Reluctant Messenger Unleashed listeners. I'm Donna Rabideau, your host with the author, Candace Sanderson. Welcome back as we wrap up Chapter 2, Good Vibrations. Welcome back. Take it away, Donna. Can we go to your June 16th summer vacation? Page 3132. Yep. I loved what it said about, you know, the five senses are responsible that's what we think, what we use all the time. Your whole life you've been working through the senses, and now they're telling you, oh, that was nice. I'm glad you did that. However, there's nonsense. I said, how did you feel about that? Right. Now they start talking about the nonsenses, and I'm thinking, yes. what? You know, but actually, I loved it. By yeah. this time, I had connected enough with whoever this guide is, and I, I realized some of these guides really had a sense of humor. And I think part of this was just that pun. You've got to learn to use your nonsenses. It's actually pretty creative. When we connect with the non-physical, it does go beyond the limitations of our senses. So it is literally nonsense. Think about something that we call nonsense. It's like not believable. That's crazy. That's nonsense. And that's exactly what it feels like for some people, like me, when you first start connecting with angels and guides. You think, I'm making this up. And if you allow your judgment and your ego to enter, then you will think, this is crazy. The more I thought about it, it is through using the nonsenses that we connect to the spiritual side that we have and to our non-physical friends and relatives too. So we're changing from the brain to the heart. We're changing from the left brain to the right brain, if you want. We're changing from the brain to the heart. We're, we're going yeah. feelings. And so how do we shift? Okay, shifting from the brain to the heart. If, if we look at the bottom of page 32, yeah. the messengers start talking about the energy or the spirit of music and how some people will only hear the individual instruments in a symphony and, and not really experience the totality of it. And Donna, I remember once you mentioned the pause between the notes is one of the most important parts of music. Well, that told me right away that you knew a whole lot more about music than I did. But it's interesting that the messengers use this example because it wasn't for me because I don't really have an appreciation for music. We have a beautiful philharmonic close to where I live. Years ago, I'd go there because I had free tickets, but I'd be running my to-do list through my brain instead of enjoying the music. They also mention it's the same way about art. Mm-hmm. If you perceive art only through the eyes, it's going to limit your experience. Because my lean is towards science, I really didn't get all of that. 
I did get when they started talking about picking a flower. I have always loved nature. I've always loved plants. I love to just get my hands in dirt. I live in a condominium, so there's lots of people that live in my building. Most of them don't come until the winter months. But I have been out to the swimming pool before, and and we have these beautiful planters, and I'll go and and pull a weed or pick off the deadhead of of a plant because I like to do that. And I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up and say, you know, the pool's a little cold. Would you turn the heater up? (laughs) Because they assume that I work there. (laughs) And I just laugh. I can relate to that. So once again, there's this pattern of she's not getting it with the music example. She's not getting it with the art example. Bring in the flower. I didn't even realize it till after they had brought this in. It's like, oh, yeah, the flower, the flower information. So I do have to stop you and say, I'm a musician. I'm also an artist. I'm not surprised. I do drawings. Uh, I do calligraphy. Um, Wow. I do. I like Indian ink and pencil. I like to draw big cats, like panthers. I do. I like to do that. Um, so those two spoke to me. And, and in music, music is vibration. It is energy. Oh, right. I mean, when, you, when you're tuning a guitar string, it's all about vibration. And so when you have a single, the low E has a certain vibration. The high E, an octave above, has a higher frequency. And so when you're tuning the guitar, it just sounds like, you know, you know, just tuning it. But then you play a chord, you play an E minor, an A minor, and you put the E minor and A minor together with the G or the C, and you begin to have a song, a melody, and you're playing from your heart. It's the same thing with, I'm also a Native American flute player. And it's the same thing that happens in flutes. It has to do with vibration. In Native American lore, the reason the Native Americans got the flute was the woodpecker. They heard the woodpecker making sounds on the wood. So every, every good flute player needs to have a woodpecker flute. When you're, when you're playing the notes, when you're going up and down the scale, when you stop and pause, you can almost anticipate the next, the melody. And there's a, there's a strength in that. So I loved, there's an emotional reaction. And then with the art, and you're um, using the heart, when you're, when you're sitting down in front of a blank sheet of paper, it, you, you see it in your mind. It's like Michelangelo doing David. He saw David within the sculpture, and he just chiseled away the parts that weren't David. You know? Music and art, they put it in there because they know that, okay, Don will be music and art, and Kenny will be flowers. Of course, music is all vibration. Yeah. You know, I didn't even realize that. So this was something that they gave to me that I didn't get, but they knew that other people would understand yeah. it yeah. and would get that. Wow. Yeah. On page 33, talking about the music, this transforms their current point of existence into a, an expanded state. I, I thought that was interesting. What, what does that mean, point of existence? This is interesting because this is the first mention in the book of POE or point of existence. It was actually introduced three months before. 
when we get to the next chapter on Father Time, we're going to learn more about point of existence. But let me just explain that is generally what we define as where our awareness is. It's who we are. I used to think of myself as a physical body. So that's where my point of existence is. Therefore, it's where I am. The messengers are saying to move your point of existence into your heart. And then you can perceive greater things beyond what the physical senses can measure using the non-senses when we move it to the heart. But using the heart, once again, the messengers keep emphasizing the importance of the heart. Now I know that the heart is like a portal to the other side. They didn't tell me that then. I wouldn't have understood it. I'm sure I would have judged that one. In this point in my journey, I realized they were leading me step by step, just in incremental steps that I could accept to understand the importance of the heart. I love your, I love your visions on page 33 and 34. I think those are really important. Can you tell us a little bit about those, the visions that you did? I love that you moved from not seeing to non-seeing. As I went back and read this, experience on page 33 and 34, I was back there again. This was one of the most profound, although I didn't realize it in real time, visions that I'd had. It was very, very detailed. It was a beautiful way to explain what they had been talking about, moving your point of existence to your heart, allowing you to hear the symphony instead of just the individual instruments. This is an experience about picking a flower. So the act is the same. I go out and cut a flower, take it home, put it in a vase of water. They show the same experience two different ways. The first one, I just did it, just cut a plant. But as I did that, I saw how it affected the plant. I snipped it off. It created this frenzy of energy that showed this plant. This flower was in distress. I took it home. I put it in some ice cold water and shocking it. I was able to see this through the lens of energy. And I realized what I was doing. The second part, I'm totally present. I'm working and living through my heart space. And I see this beautiful plant And I want to take the flower home with me. I mean, it's just gorgeous. So first of all, I'm admiring it. It's perfect. I'm using my non-senses. I ask the flower for permission. Can I please take this plant home with me? In my mind's eye, I saw the energy of thought. I bent down and I actually caressed the plant. The leaves responded. It reminded me of a cat that arches his back when he wants you to just rub him. When I touched the plant, our energies connected. And what we had was a perfect vibrational match. You can communicate with your partner or your best friend. You don't have to talk. You don't have to speak to communicate. It was the same way with the plant because we were literally on the very same wavelength. I'm admiring, I'm bringing forth these beautiful positive energies. 
I actually saw these golden sparkles streaming from my hand. And the plant responded by releasing these beautiful pink and green waves of energy. Now, I didn't get this, Donna, till I read this last night. Pink and green are the colors I see when I connect with the angelic realm. And But I didn't know it then. There's these beautiful, beautiful colors. There was a transmission of unspoken words that occurred when I sent my energy to this plant with the gold streaming and they sent back the pink and the green. And within this new set of frequencies, I asked if I could take it and the plant agreed for this to happen. With this combination of my energy mingling with the energy of the plant, there created a separate energy system, a separate place where communication could take place. Now, while this happened, um, Donna had something interesting that happened to her screen. So please share that with us. I don't know if by watching the YouTube this will happen, but when I was, I was listening to Candy talk about this, my heart just started swelling. I could see the angels. I could see the cat. And I could feel my energy of my heart going out, and it affected my screen. You can see the cosmos. It's, that's just what they call a virtual background. Behind it is what they call a green screen. And so part of my, my virtual background went away, and I saw green. So as she's talking about pink and green, and my heart that's rose, quartz, it's going out. It flashed green, so for a, a second, I was in this pink and green. Podcast listeners, to see what Donna is talking about, go to our YouTube channel, The Reluctant Messenger Unleashed, and watch episode nine. I absolutely love that because this is exactly what had happened. I had the pink and green from the energy of the flower coming in. And as of last night, I just had the recognition that the pink and green meant angels. The plant allowed me to take the flower home. And as I took that flower home, there was a trail of energy that followed behind it. It was absolutely beautiful. The gold from my hands had combined with the pink and green and created this third set of frequencies. What I realize now, because that trail of pink and green followed me home, this is so significant because this is the way guidance works. The pink and green represented angelic protection. And just as I was able to take that flower home and put it in room temperature water so it wasn't shocked, and I admired its beauty. This is how we are. When we leave source and we come to this earth, our angels continue. Our angels and guides keep us there. They are always with us and always protecting us. They are with us on this journey that we call life. They are there waiting for us to remember hyphenated, to discover once again who we are. 
our true nature, which is divinity. It's interesting, Donna, that you have me go back and read some of these things, and I'm learning so much from each one of them. We are all on a journey in life. Learning to take a different perspective can make all the difference. When you start learning to look at life through the lens of energy, you start seeing things differently and you start to realize how important we are. And we've never lost that connection to our true self, to our higher self, to our angels and guides. It's still there, just like that plant that I took home with me. This was one of the first messages I had that was so detailed in the energy and the sparkles that I could see. It really touched me reading it last night and obviously right now. It's touching. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. On page 35, but as we begin to appreciate the energy connections to all life forms, we can make our choices and decisions in an intentional and mindful manner. And it's, it's choices. Choices is a time Rolodex. Rolls over. I mean, this second, this second. It's a choice. It's a choice. The visions of the flower reminded me of the first message. Let's all be flowers of energy, but not with just ourselves, but among all living things. My willingness to allow the messages to flow in my, into my awareness without judgment kept me in alignment. I had become a flower. You are. You are a flower. Good vibrations of each messages. Where else would this journey lead? So as we close chapter two, there's a couple of thoughts uh, that I have for Candy, and that is, how do we choose wisely? And we talked a little bit about, and where did it lead you? How do we choose wisely, Candy? All of life is connected. And I saw this so clearly in that vision of, of picking a flower. We choose wisely by moving our point of existence out of our headspace and into our hearts. Because the heart is what connects us to our true self. It connects us to our angels and guides. And that's where we can find true wisdom. So guidance from within means tapping into your heart, listening to the messages that come in, using some discernment. If it feels right, embrace it. If you have any kind of hesitation, then don't. You know, Donna, I feel like I need to say that I've never had any kind of negative thing, but I know some people have reported it. If you have a message, use your heart to make a judgment, make a discernment. If it feels good, keep it. If not, put it aside and go elsewhere. This was the beginning of my true journey into the world of the unknown. And it all goes back to Tesla, knowing that the secrets of the universe all lie within energy and frequency and vibration. And as we learn to embrace that, we can tap into potential. We can tap into so much more of this world that we, we, don't, we aren't even aware exists. It's a great way to um, finish chapter two. In the first two chapters, you know, set the groundwork. In chapter three, with Father Time, we go into some different kinds of areas from here on out. I want to thank Candy for being open. Just want to thank you for being open, Candy. These messages, I know they've touched me. They've touched Carrie. They've touched all 
kinds of people, John, all these people, because you were open and you said yes and you didn't, you didn't judge. Uh, I just wanted to thank you from the heart. Thank you, Donna. And I want to thank you for hosting this podcast. We invite you to check out the next episode, number 10, as we start chapter three, Father Time. Father Time. Until next time. Until next time, you guys. Love you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.